Hello, and welcome to another Money Minutes. Um, Alicia is actually at work right now. It's her first day at work. And I was going over the budget and, you know, just going over some numbers. And I started thinking about um, emergency fund targets. And um, I thought this would be a good idea, a good, or sorry, a good opportunity to talk to everybody about emergency funds and maybe get some feedback on what your thoughts are. Um, so these are just my personal thoughts on them. And of course, emergency funds apply to everybody's personal situation, more or less. But bottom line is we should always have um, money set aside in case things go poorly. Um, and a lot of people think of emergency funds as um, like they have a rule of thumb about, oh, you should keep three to six months worth of expenses and they're thinking of it in the term of if you lost your job and if anything, uh, 2020 has taught us that it is a super awesome idea to have three to six months plus, uh, expenses squirreled away, um, in case you do lose your job because you never know when something crazy is going to happen, like a global pandemic and massive quarantines and all kinds of issues and industries hit. And, um, even if that doesn't happen again, there might be like a mini thing that happens in your specific industry or in your life or area or whatever, and you never know how long you're going to need to tide yourself over. And yeah, there are um, options and benefits out there like employment insurance. Um, You know, maybe you get a severance package or something, but you can't always rely on that. It's nice to have, um, you know, a cushion uh, to make sure that you can weather that storm. But emergency funds are more than just if you lose your job. They're also for you know, big occurrences that you can't just squeeze into your monthly budget. And you don't want to have to make a decision between, um, you don't want to have to make a decision on something based on whether you, you can pay for it or not. Like, for example, if you have a pet and they had some kind of medical emergency, well, you know, normally pets don't have health insurance, although that is something you can buy, but it's usually very, very expensive and Every time I've run the numbers, it's always made more sense just to take whatever their premium was going to be and just put it in a savings account um, just for my situation. And then worst case scenario, if uh, Memphis doesn't need that money, then we still have that money. So, um, but like, let's say something did happen. I don't want to have to decide a health question based on whether I can pay for it or not. So it could be something like that where um, it's a medical expense. And even though like I'm coming I'm talking to you from Canada and we do have, um, you know, universal health care, but it's kind of a misnomer because it's not really universal. Um, you know, our, our tax paid, our government health care plan doesn't cover dental, which sucks. And it doesn't cover optometry like um, eye exams and glasses and a lot of uh, different exams, sometimes you have to pay out of pocket, um, maybe not the entire amount, but maybe partial amounts. Or if you want to see like a naturopath or seek any kind of alternative medicine, it's really not great for that. For mental health, you know, you have to pay out of pocket. So there's like a lot of things where you actually have to pay out of pocket that even if you do have benefits through work, Uh, you still have to pay a significant portion of those expenses and it can pile up, especially if you have like a major dental emergency Um, that can really get up there. I remember for years I was putting off 
getting um, a crown on my tooth, even though I really needed it because I just couldn't afford it. Um, and my benefit, I didn't have any dental benefits at work and it was just impossible. So when I finally joined the military, I got that crown put on. <laughs> it was awesome. So, uh, yeah, it could be something major like that for you or your pet. Um, you could also have to think about other, you know, the intangibles, like, um, let's say our washing machine suddenly died and, um, we got a repairman in, we had to pay them to show up. And then the repairman said, yeah, we can't repair this or, um, we can, but it's going to cost a lot of money. And even if he can repair it, it might be more than we could fit in our monthly budget. And let's say they can't repair it. Well, now you need to go find a new washer and, um, replace it. And in some like larger towns, I've definitely bought used appliances before and had a pretty good success with that. Um, but usually it's easier to buy used appliances when you're in a larger town. So I'm in a smaller town now and I did a quick search. You can get used appliances on like Kijiji and stuff, but in the past I always bought them from an actual store that, um, that's what all they did was sell used appliances. And that way I had the guarantee that they would make it right if I had an issue with it. And I don't necessarily want to have to go through all the hassle of negotiating with someone on Kijiji. Um, but I would if I had to, but also our washing machine is pretty old and we know that it's on its way out. So, um, if I had to suddenly replace it, I need to think about, well, how much would that cost and would I be ready to replace it? Because I haven't been saving up to replace it in the meantime. Same thing with, uh, like car, uh, maintenance. So if there was like a, a big problem where maybe you even get into an accident, um, and your insurance is going to cover it, but you have to rent a car in the meantime and your insurance doesn't cover to have a rental or something and you need to figure out, you know, alternate transport um, or maybe it's a huge repair and it's out of warranty and now you have to pay thousands of dollars because your engine's messed up or I don't know. Or worst case scenario, it's like a total loss. You take the insurance payout and then you go look for another, like a used car or something, but maybe, um, you know, your car wasn't worth that much and you need to put, several thousand dollars on top of that in order to make something work, you know? Um, I know that we can always say, oh, well, I'll just put it on credit or I'll finance a car or, you know, uh, I'll just borrow and pay it back later. But I, I really, really want to stay debt-free and I don't want to be financing things, especially when it's a situation where it's a, like a necessary thing that I need to do because then I might end up putting myself in a, a financing position that isn't a great deal. So like, let's say I don't get an amazing interest rate um, on that financing, but I have to take it because I really need it. But it's a, a bad financial decision because the rate is really high and I'm, I don't have the option to walk away and figure something out. So I don't want to be in that position. And I definitely don't want to have to be paying it back later after going through uh, problems already. So, um, especially if you lose your job. So coming back to losing your job, um, you could say, oh, well, it's no problem. I own a home. I've got a home equity line of credit or other line of credit or credit cards or whatever. And I could totally finance my way until I got another job, but, um, you don't know how long it's going to take. And sometimes it can be really difficult. And then the last thing you want is when you get back on your feet to have to be paying back all this stuff that you've accumulated at interest 
And so the best thing we can do is to save up an emergency fund. So I think you guys get me. I think I've ranted long enough on uh, why it's not good to be financing everything and borrowing. I mean, you do what you got to do. I mean, if it comes down to paying the mortgage or losing your home, I mean, figure it out. Um, Borrowing isn't inherently evil. It's just I'm trying to avoid borrowing money when the situation is unfavorable to me and when uh, I don't have any other options. So I'd rather be prepared. Um, And other things too, uh, coming back to health, like if there was a death in the family, think about that. Like where, where is your family? Where are they all located? And um, if someone died or maybe even had a health crisis or something, um, you know, you may need to send you or your spouse um, with a plane ticket across the country to go stay somewhere, maybe to help out. Um, if it's for a funeral or something, and maybe they don't even have a place to stay, you got to pay for a hotel, or um, maybe you're going to be missing work, possibly unpaid work if you don't have the vacation time. And so you got to think about that too. Because um, again, I don't want to have to make decisions because or actually have the decision taken away from me because I, I didn't plan for it in advance and I don't have the money to, to do it. So I don't want to say I can't go to somebody's funeral because I couldn't afford to buy a plane ticket. Um, so on, on that note, where should you be keeping your emergency fund? Um, so me personally, because I am very disciplined and I have a whiteboard and I write down every single transaction I make, I keep mine in my checking account that I pay all my bills and everything out of. Um, That's not a super great idea if you're not super disciplined because um, some people don't track every single expense they make and it's easier to compartmentalize your accounts and have a couple different accounts, Um, maybe even having an account that's not even connected to a debit or credit card and just keep it in a totally separate place so that's completely compartmentalized from your other finances. This is a really good idea if you um, find yourself at the end of the month where you've overspent and you haven't uh, maintained your budget categories and you've maybe gone over in some categories and you're finding that it's harder for you to keep track or maybe you don't want to deal with the minutiae of keeping track of everything, then what you can do is you can have an account just for your bills Um, you can treat your emergency fund as a bill and say, I'm going to put away X amount uh, per month uh, to put to save in my emergency fund until it gets to X amount or whatever. And so just treat it like a bill. When you get paid, take that money, shift it over to your emergency fund account, like some savings account, or maybe you want to even want to open up like a a TFSA high interest savings account, or even just a regular high interest savings account. Um, You don't need to have tons of transactions on there, but it does need to be accessible. So if you don't have a credit card to be paying for a tow, a tow job for your car or something, um, then you definitely need to have that money available to you on some kind of card so that you can use it right away. Um, But if you do have a credit card, then you can always just pay your, pay your credit card back immediately right after you needed to use it for the emergency or whatever. Um, And then you're spending money would go in a completely separate account. So like, for example, Aletha and I, I don't get paid anything for this, but we both have Coho cards. Uh, Coho is like this third-party um, provider that they have like a basically a Visa debit card. And so you load money on there and um, you can use that card online and in stores and stuff. 
And it's just a prepaid credit card. So when we get spending money, we put our spending money on our Coho card. It's completely separate. Neither of us has to see what the other one's spending it on. She can buy whatever she wants. I can buy all the video games I want. She has no idea that I've spent, you know, $50 on the new game or whatever. Um, Because it's my spending money and it doesn't matter. So um, it like it shouldn't matter to her what I'm spending it on and vice versa. And that way it also keeps it completely separate. So I can just look, if I want to spend uh, money on something that's not part of our bills and everything, I can just look at my Coho uh, account balance and see, oh, I have X amount of dollars that I could spend. Like if I want to buy uh, this jacket or something that I saw or whatever, or maybe I can't because that's going to tell me bottom line, this is how much you have. You can't spend more than this because it's a debit card. It's not a, a credit card. It's a Visa debit. Um, so that's a good idea. If you don't have great financial control, um, that's, that's an awesome idea. And especially for couples, because we don't need to know every little thing we spend uh, money on. It's great if you can have a joint account and you guys trust each other and you're very transparent and everything. But, you know, I, I find that if we put all of our spending, our personal spending money transactions in our in my main checking account, it would get really confusing for tracking, you know, all the expenses for things that I'd, I don't want to be tracking all that stuff. It's easier for me to have a budget line item for my spending money and Alethea's spending money. And that way we just transfer it out and I pay it like a bill. And that way I don't have to think about it ever after. And all those tiny little transactions don't uh, appear in my uh, main account, which is really nice. Uh, so that being said, um, do you have to put it in a TFSA? No. Um, but if you have room in a TFSA, why not? Um, but don't go investing and doing fancy things with it. It's an emergency fund. So it really should be super, super boring. You're not worried about making interest with it. I know it could be quite a lot of money, but that's not the point. The point is to have it liquid and have it available. And anytime you invest your money, you're locking it up in some way or taking risk. And maybe the market's going to be down right when you're roof leaks or something, you know? So that's uh, not a good idea. Um, and on that note, uh, if you do have a home or other situations, that's what you got to think about. Like, what do I need this money for? And you should almost have like a separate emergency fund for your house. Um, and thinking about like what kind of expenses are coming up. Obviously you should be forecasting that stuff and saving up money in, a, in an account for maintenance and things, but you never know when something is going to happen. That's unexpected. Um, so definitely think about that. So for me, I'm worried about stuff like a major appliance, maybe the car, or, or maybe a medical emergency. And so we are going to be aggressively saving up and, you know, building up our emergency fund and, and getting it to a healthier level because it's pretty low right now. And I've learned that whenever an emergency comes up, there tends to be like another emergency that very same month. I don't know why it always comes in twos lately. Um, but when I'm trying to figure out how much money I need in the emergency fund, I always try and pick like the two biggest emergency uh, amounts, like maybe a big medical expense and maybe like having to replace the car or something. And then I'm just going to shoot for that plus to be my emergency fund goal because it's not enough just to plan for one. You know, I don't know, there's probably some anecdote or saying out there about how, like, bad things come in threes or something or whatever, but um, 
you never know how it's going to stack up. And then also you don't know how long it's going to take you to rebuild that fund, right? Like if you have an emergency that costs you, I don't know, $5,000, how long is it going to take for you to rebuild that? And then what's the probability of you having another emergency in that time? So you don't want to get, you know, one, two punched on your emergency fund because then you will end up having to borrow money. So make sure that you're planning that the emergency fund should be large enough to handle a couple knocks. And for right now, my personal goal is $10,000. I know like that seems like a lot of money to me. I don't think I've ever, I've never saved up $10,000 in my life. That's a crazy amount of money. But I think that $10,000 would make me feel safe and make me feel comfortable um, that I could handle unexpected things coming up. Um, even though I have a very stable job and um, even though I do tend to forecast out maintenance expenses and save up, um, that way I would have this buffer zone to make sure that I could handle several knocks and and keep on going. And if you do lose your job, it is important to consider if you're thinking about the whole six months of expenses or something like that, just keep in mind that when you're looking at your budget and you're trying to calculate what six months of expenses are, you're not just taking your budget and multiplying it by six. So if you do lose your job, you should be considering like putting a couple things on pause. So you would want to stop your say, like long-term savings goals, like put everything on pause, maybe even put like investing on pause and cut all the way back on like eating out and extra shopping, personal expenses, and really just try to be conservative because you want that money to last as long as it can. I know it can hurt to not be contributing to your goals um, or investing, but you know you need to kind of batten down the hatches and prepare for a long siege just in case you know it, it does take you longer to get back up on your feet and find another job because you never know. Like with uh, coronavirus, none of us knew how long this was going to last, and it's looks like it's going to keep just keep going and going. So, um, so definitely when you look at your budget and you're trying to forecast out. Uh, just keep in mind that it's only like your necessary expenses and then also factor in that you would be more conservative on going out and buying extra stuff that you don't necessarily need and also factor in that maybe you won't be spending as much either, kind of like coronavirus style, like how you're not, you know, if you were quarantined at home, then you wouldn't be out there commuting every day. Um, you'd be making a lot of your own food um, and you'd be staying at home and just watching Netflix and doing other things, right? So um, so just keep that in mind and that's it. So I hope that maybe made you guys think about what your goals are for your emergency fund. And maybe if you don't have an emergency fund, then today is a great day to start. I definitely recommend putting it in as a bill. Um, so just making it like a bill payable to yourself. And if you want to have that cushion in your checking account, like me, um, then just make sure that you're really keeping track of your expenses and that you're not spending that emergency fund. And what I do is at the end of every month or even every other month, I'll do a complete audit and I will add up all the different categories that I've been saving up for and I'll calculate what my expenses are at that time. I'll just take a little snapshot and I'll just compare it to the balance that's in my checking account and just make sure that I've done all the math correctly and that nothing's been missed. And so I can verify that everything that I've said I've saved for is actually in there and that I haven't missed something and now spent something where I wasn't supposed to. 
I don't usually catch anything, um, but I have caught, uh, I think last month I caught a discrepancy of about $20. So I must have spent something and didn't record it properly. And then I had to pull $20 out of one of my categories uh, to cover that um, expense that I hadn't accounted for. So just make sure you're keeping on top of that. And if you don't want to do all that work, then by all means, just put it in separate accounts. Most banks allow you to have multiple accounts at no extra cost. So it's really not that big of a deal. So uh, yeah, comment, give me some feedback and let me know what your emergency fund goals are. And um, if you do, let me know, like, are you in a couple? Do you have kids? Do you have a pet? Um, And what your reasoning was. And if there's anything that you think I said wrong or that I could be corrected on or improved, please let me know. All right, cheers.